Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. Today, we are joined by our friend from Drifter Atlas, Bite Size Gaming, Zach Goen. Zach is here to share with us a little bit of news about his latest Kickstarter. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. We are excited to talk about our... Wow, there it is. See, I just get tongue-tied immediately. <laughs> we are excited to talk to Zach about his latest project. But before we do, Nolan, I didn't talk to you at all yesterday. How are you? What's going on in your world? I know. It's been a whole day. It's crazy. It's been good. Uh, just working on a little house renovation project and and a little bit of gaming here and there. But it is what it is, man. Fast weekend. Always too fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Not enough time to play all the games that we have stacked up on our shelves to play. 100%. <laughs> well, for me, it was a little bit of playing World of Warcraft. Uh, as I said before, I'm happy to be back in Azeroth. I did hit level 60 yesterday, which was like, wow, hey, congratulations. You know, it feels weird to say, look, I hit level 60. I'm like, I did that during Lich Camp. Yeah, <laughs> level squishes are fun. Yeah, but I did it on my Demon Hunter, which was fun. I do plan on starting to run some Five Mans, maybe some LFRs. Uh, that is still a thing, right? LFR? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> it's been a while, sorry. <laughs> uh, and then I need to decide which character I'm going to level next. I'm thinking about working on my warrior, but eh, who knows? We'll see. Hmm. Um, but you know what? There's, there's, that's, that's all well and good. There's a lot of news, so to speak, to talk so about. Much especially in the realm of Dungeons & Dragons. So let's jump into this. As we talked about last week, there was a new Dungeons & Dragons book announced. Now, Nolan and I talked. Zach, I don't know what you guys were thinking, but we were really hoping to see a Dragonlance book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was, that was the uh, maybe the hope that was a little bit too soon, right? Uh, it's coming, I think, but just not this quickly. I, I sincerely hope it is because I, I love Crane, but that's okay because we did get a new adventure book in Candlekeep Mysteries, or I should say, yeah, Candlekeep Mysteries. Um, <clears throat> I just pulled this from the Wizards website, so I'm going to read this real quick and then we'll kind of talk about it. It says, great books hide their secrets well, an anthology of 17 mystery theme adventures for the world's greatest role-playing game. Candlekeep attracts scholars like a flame attracts moths. Historians, sages, and others who crave knowledge flock to this library fortress to pursue its vast collection of books, scribble into which are the answers to the mysteries that bedevil them. Many of the books contain their own mysteries, each one a doorway to an adventure. Dare you cross that threshold? Candlekeep Mysteries is a collection of 17 short standalone D&D adventures designed for characters 1 through 16. That's awesome that they're including high-level characters. Each adventure begins with discovery of a book, and each book is the key to a door behind which danger and glory awaits. These adventures can be run as one-shot games plugged into an existing Forgotten Realms campaign or adapted for other campaign settings. This book also includes a poster map of the Library Fortress and detailed descriptions of Candlekeep and its inhabitants. The writers for this include, and I'm going to butcher these names, so if you guys, Zach, if you know how to pronounce these, Nolan, if you know how to pronounce these, please set me straight. Graham Barber, did I butcher that already? You're good. Oh, hey, good. <laughs> Kelly Lynn D'Angelo, Allison Huang. Nope, nope, not even going to try. <laughs> Sorry, Allison, I don't want to butcher your name. Mark Holmes, Jennifer Kretschmer, Daniel Kwan, Adam Lee, Ari Levich, uh, Sarah Madsen, Christopher Perkins, Michael 
Hulkinghorn, Tamor Raymond, Derek Ruiz, Kiana Shaw, Brandis Stoddard, Amy Vorpal, and Tony Wilson Bro. That's quite a few authors on this book. Um, Nolan, what are your thoughts on, on this new adventure book? I think it'll be neat. I like, we, we've always talked about how we like the, the idea of just the little book that has three to four adventures in it. We'd like to see more of those like, hey, this is for characters three to five, or this is for level three and kind of choose your own adventure. Uh, anytime you get those awkward moments where like your players aren't ready for the next thing because they did the wonderful thing of making all the correct paths and they're a level behind or something, this here can add to that uh, kind of gap missing before they move on to their adventure. Um, and again, I like seeing a lot of the the writers on there. Like you said, that is a, a very cool thing. Uh, a lot of female writers as well, which I think is fantastic. Just, I, I, I don't know. I, I like seeing different perspectives. You see a book written by three or four people. And if you don't, you know, we saw that with, uh, uh, Vengeance of the Shunned, right? There's one that isn't clicking with your characters. You know, the whole book isn't going to be a wash for you because it's all in the same tone. So I think there'll be opportunities to find the ones you like, uh, and again, uh, level 16. I mean, I'm curious to see what is expected at that level for an enemy uh, when most of the stuff we see is level 12 and you're fighting some pretty epic stuff at that point. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. Zach, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, so um, Troy and I had the pleasure of playtesting this, being part of the playtest group. And I, so I don't want to say too much, um, but uh, we really liked it then and we're excited for it now. Um, I think one of the go-to books on my shelf has always been Tales from the Yawning Portal. Uh, there's something manageable about that, especially for groups that maybe want to break from their home campaign or something to be able to pull out and say, hey, we can get this done in a short amount of time. Uh, so this is even a shorter amount of time, and it should be much easier. Um, I see a lot of one-shots coming out of this in the future. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> Yawning Portal is a little brutal, though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a lot brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it's I I don't know I I like I like that book a lot um, and and I've ran almost everything in it uh, at different stages throughout different campaigns or as one shots or or one short adventures so yeah yeah we, we we've done a few of the video or a few of the videos wow a few of the adventures in Yawning Portal and had a good time but I think at some point we had to stop because it's like okay because we were running them back to back kind of like a campaign mm, it's mm -hmm. like All right, this is just too brutal we we need to stop. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that'd be quite a bit. Like um, the uh, the Red Wizard adventure in there is massive in and of itself, and there's six more besides that, or whatever there is. So yeah, I can't. <laughs> it'd be an endeavor by altogether strung along. Yeah, the the nostalgia for those were great too, because uh, mm -hmm. I think I played I think four of them in three point five, and then seeing them again and having the weird flashbacks to a younger self of like. Oh my gosh, I know what's going to happen. Oh my gosh, this is coming. And and then being a completely different story as far as what our group did and be like, but that wasn't right. You know, it's just weird. Yeah. It's a whole new adventure. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know when there's a curse or when there's a, a trap in there that puts your party to sleep for 5,000 years. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. Mm -hmm. So, Jeez. going back to Candlekeep Mysteries, there is an alternate art cover for this book. And in my opinion, this looks fantastic. This looks like an ancient tome that would be sitting on like a, a really rare collector's library. What do you guys think of this? I, I think we were kind of talking about it a little bit, and it does have like that grim fairy tale kind of look to it. You know, it's got the dragon, it's got the pixies. Uh, 
So it does look like you're about ready to pick up like a beloved childhood novel that was written a long time ago. And I like the feel. Uh, it's different than a lot of the ones they've done. And I think that's what makes it fun is you don't know what to expect when they're going to come out with these alt covers. And I like it. It's it's simplistic and complex at the same time. Like you look at it and you're like, oh, okay. And then you kind of look at the intricacies of it and just like, oh, man, there's so many little gems in there. Yeah, that. I do a lot of digital purchases now, so uh, my pre-ordering days have almost ended. But this one, I I've already pre-ordered. I'm I'm gonna own this alt cover. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of pre-orders, you can of course go to Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and other digital retailers to pre-order, as well as on D and D Beyond. I'd imagine if you talk to your local game store, depending on how they do things, I don't want to speak for all local game stores. You may be able to pre-order the alt cover there. I know our local game store puzzles. Halen is constantly texting me saying, "Hey, new book coming out. Are you wanting this one?" And he's really good about kind of giving me a heads up and, and letting me get in there before it hits the shelf, if you will. Mm, so, you know, I'm looking at this book, I'm looking at the cover of it and just understanding what's inside this. And this is just how my mind works sometimes. Like I can just imagine that feel of opening up the book and the adventures just kind of pouring out magically and just coming to life. That's, that's the feel I get when I look at this alt art. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, if you were hoping to see something from Dragonlance, you will see it sooner rather than later, so don't despair. Penguin Random House did set up a placeholder spot for an upcoming Dragonlance novel. So it does look like we will be seeing something from the world of Kryn in 2021, aside from a source book. Hopefully we do see that. I didn't see anything else from Dungeons & Dragons, Nolan. Did you see anything else from d and I didn't. Zach, what about you? Uh, I mean, the only thing that I saw um, was that they have announced a D&D TV show now by the uh, creator of John Wick. Um, oh, I missed that. Yeah, awesome. Derek Colstad, I think is his name. Yeah. Do you have any information about it besides that? Oh, goodness. Uh, so the article that I saw was on Vulture, but he has been drafted to reportedly both write and develop a series that will be in the D&D universe. Um, that's all the information right now, but they've picked him up. So we don't know if it's going to be a live action or an animated or... Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, the fact that he is... So so I guess the other thing, the other part of it is that um, you know, him being John Wick, if you, if you kind of exposit that out a little bit, it assumes a live action. That's where his background's in, and it... it it's it's interesting because you know John Wick is 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 the modern feel and it's all about the gunplay and about the stunts. Um, you know, obviously we won't have the gunplay, but it's exciting to imagine that maybe we'll have that stunt aspect and that that you know gritty, uh, quick moving, tight precision choreographed action would be awesome. Well, I think you look at that as well, and, and most of John Wick is very close quarters as well. So it's very easy to imagine that being a melee weapon or somebody quick, uh, you know, moving through those moves. I, th Man, that could be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Into the Badlands type stuff? That was a great show. <laughs> I thought that was a great show. <laughs> uh, the choreography in there, uh, Donnie Wu, is just fantastic. Yeah. I... You know, I think that one of the biggest things that they should be doing or should be at least talking about is doing a dritzed something because he's their biggest name tied to the brand. And the idea of getting someone who's used to choreographing fights to do the dritz, it's probably the best of both worlds because that's what 
Salvatore excelled at as well as that description of combat. Um, I'd love to see it. I've been of the mindset that after watching like Castlevania and, and that kind of stuff, that's kind of where I wanted to see him just because I don't know how you get somebody to play mm-hmm. that character and not victimize the CGI or, you know, or yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. Like, but, and that's just because I think, like you said, he's popular, he's beloved. Uh, I think we all have an idea of what he looks like and seeing somebody else do that. But again, the high combat, you know, I mean, seeing a, a long stage fight between Artemis and Dritz in live action is now on my bucket list. So, <laughs> Yeah, that would be amazing. And, and I want to just correct myself real quick. It is not Donnie Wu from Into the Badlands. It's Daniel Wu. Um, but I think about like the swordplay that you were talking about, Zach, with Dritz. Uh, if you think about the swordplay that Daniel Wu had in Into the Badlands, very easily throw two scimitars in his hands and suddenly you got a, a Drizzt Duard and go flying around. And that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Now my hype's up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> All Any right, so let's let's take a quick walk down the Onyx Path. Uh, fans of Vampire the Masquerade were given a treat this past Wednesday as Onyx Path released the print-on-demand option for Cults of the Blood Gods for V5. This, of course, was a Kickstarter Onyx Path did last year. And according to the Monday meeting notes, the PDF files have all been sent to the printers for Kickstarter printing and fulfillment. So if you were a backer of this, know that your Kickstarter Starter book is getting closer. I won't say it's coming soon because we all like like we saw with um, they came from beneath the sea. It sat at the printer for almost two months, and of course, COVID is still very much a thing, so it makes printing and shipping that much slower. So if you're like me and you back this project, and perhaps and maybe you are perhaps a little bit peeved that you can get a print on demand option sooner you can than you can get the Kickstarter version. There's some things that I want you to keep in mind because trust me, I had to go through this because I did see people getting books that I kickstarted, getting the POD coupon, and then getting the book before I ever got my Kickstarter book. And these are the things that I had to remember to help me, I don't know, keep my mind at ease and remember it's okay to back these things first. The Kickstarter is to help bring the project to life. They're telling you, hey, we have this project. We want to bring it to life. Help us do that. And as a backer, you do get a coupon that allows you to buy the print-on-demand copy at almost cost price. Yes, I understand you're going to be spending pretty much twice as much as you did for the Kickstarter, especially if, like I, I bought in at $50. If I buy the POD version, it's going to be around $45. So I'm basically doubling my investment. Um, but again, you backed this to bring the project to life. It wasn't because, oh, I'm just going to go buy the book. You could have waited if you wanted to. You're getting all the stretch goals. You're, you know, you're, you're helping bring this to life. Like I said, saying that a lot now. Um, at least from what I've seen, the Kickstarter edition is also a little bit different, possibly a better quality book. So it's not the same. They use two different printers for drive-through RPG and what Onyx Path uses for Kickstarters, and that's the other thing you have to keep in mind. Um, and I do know, as someone who does a lot of POD stuff, drive through RPGs printers are moving very slow right now. Uh, in fact, I just ordered the Encyclopedia Vampirica, and it's been three weeks, I think, since I ordered it, three or four weeks, and I just got notice of shipping. Uh, and it just takes a while. Uh, so those are some things you have to keep in mind. Zach, as someone who does Kickstarters and someone who supports a lot of Kickstarters, what are your thoughts on publishers handling this in this way? Um, well, okay, so I really like Onyx Path. Uh, I, I like Travis. I like everybody over there. I think they're doing good stuff. That being said, I have maybe different opinions on what Kickstarters are for. Um, 
and and the and the role of the backer. Um, because what I say is the reason you're taking this product to Kickstarter should be because you could not do it on your own. Onyx Path could not have the release cycle that they currently do if they weren't having the Kickstarter funds. Um, that's almost certainly true. I, I don't have their numbers, but that's that's the reality of almost everyone. Is that Kickstarter is why we get six books a year or whatever we get. Um, and I feel like we should be paying attention more to the backers when when that's happening and understanding that they're getting a, they're taking on a lot of risk. Here's a perfect example, and I backed it, so I, I feel comfortable in saying it. Um, but uh, the Scarred Lands, the recent Scarred Lands Kickstarter, um, it's going to take almost three years to deliver. Um, that is, I mean, I'm stoked for that book. We had Travis on our podcast. We're we're pumped about that book. But we're taking a gamble, right? We're taking a gamble that fifth edition will even be a thing in three years. We assume it will, but you know, as a backer, um, there's a lot of risk involved, and we're giving the money up front. Um, and I feel like that should be weighed in heavily into these decisions when they start releasing things early to people who haven't, who didn't, weren't part of that investment process, who don't have any risk involved. I I don't disagree with you, actually. Um... I do one of the things, and these are the only things, like I said, this is this is the mindset that I have to put myself in because I do get frustrated when I do. Like I uh, they came from Beneath the Sea is a great example. We were very excited about that book. Nolan and I talked about that book quite a bit. Uh, we had Matthew Dawkins on to talk about the book. We were excited to get this book in our hands. And it was frustrating for me to sit here for almost three months and see people showing off their POD copies while I was still waiting for my Kickstarter copy. And I understand that, you know, once it hits the shipping, the fulfillment center, once it hits the printing, it is out of Onyx Path's hands. They are absolutely at the mercy of those other elements. But it is very frustrating. And even, I don't know, maybe there is something like you said, Zach, to pay attention to your backers and say, hey, we understand that this is taking a while. Here's something else to help you out. Now, we do get, as backers, we do get the preview of the manuscript. I know that we already have the Dead Man's Rust manuscript. Yes, it doesn't have all the art. It's not laid out the way you want it to be. But it does give you an option to start playing it. We also, as backers, get access to all the stretch goals that other people aren't going to get if they just do the POD version of the book. Still, I back yeah. the book because I want that book. <laughs> yeah. It's the same reason why, like, uh, another company that I absolutely adore is Cobalt Press. And But that being said, their Kickstarters are pre-order. That's really what they are. They don't get You don't get anything as a backer that you couldn't get by pre-ordering the book in some other way. There's not a price discount. You're not getting it any sooner, blah, blah, blah. So for me, Cobalt Press Kickstarters have become a, do I really believe that I will actually use this book? Then yes, I'm going to kickstart it. If not, I might as well wait till it comes out because I can pick it up at a convention or from their website for the exact same price and with the exact same content later. Yeah, 100% agree with you. <laughs> uh, so enough beating on Onyx Path here because trust me, there's as much no, as I we... love Onyx Path. Yeah, I love the guys there, Matthew and Travis, and and all the writers that we've had on our show have been fantastic. It's just minor frustrations that I get. Um, mm -hmm. I do know my my son has bought the POD version of Cults of the Blood Gods. He grabbed my coupon and he's like, Dad, I'm, I'm using this. I don't care what you say. <laughs> so he's already bought it. Um, so I'd imagine we'll be I'll be able to flip through that book soon. I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a fantastic book. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's how they word it. Like that might have been a better way to do it. Say like, look, your book is still coming, but it's already done. And so we're going to give you this coupon. 
and we're going to let you guys have a week as backers to pre-order a second copy if you want to or give this copy to some, this this order copy to somebody else we're going to give you a week's time and then we're going to put it up but we want you guys to have this little bonus option i mean like you can word it a little bit differently and, and get some grace out of it even maybe yeah, yeah turn it into a positive not a negative yeah yep absolutely all right, so we do know that Onyx Path will be bringing concurrent Kickstarters live for the Scion game line. Uh, this is supposed to be happening this month. Now, they originally said early January. Obviously, early January has come and gone. Uh, so we will let you know when these go live. Uh, we talked about those last week. So again, we will talk about that when it goes live. That's all I really saw at Onyx Path. Um, Nolan, did you see anything else at Onyx Path? No. Zach, have you heard anything that I'm missing? I think that's it. Perfect. I did do some digging through Kickstarters as I was trying to grab some information for your Kickstarter, uh, Zach, and I came across one that really just kind of struck me, and that is the Epic Legacy Tome of Titans. Have either of you heard about this? Yeah, yeah, Tome of Titans looks pretty cool. It really does. Um, like I said, I was just kind of doing some looking, but this this project brings some amazing, well-known creatures to the 5e gaming system. I, I, I watched the introductory video, and they mentioned names like Asmodeus, Cthulhu, and even the Mother of Spiders. Uh, and I grabbed this just from their, their, their uh, page real quick. It says, behind every great 5th edition campaign lies a great antagonist. The epic legacy at Tome of Titans exists, so your table will never be without the most iconic, powerful, and challenging enemies from fiction mythology and RPG lore. Asmodeus Cthulhu and the Angel of Death are among these deadly foes we call Titans, and they are guaranteed to be the mightiest monsters ever to grace your table. Um, I have a link in the show notes if you guys want to check this out. I thought this one looked really good. It is fully funded, um, so, and they're knocking down stretch goals like crazy, which is adding more antagonists to the book. So uh, I, I highly uh, suggest people check this one out. I think the buy-in to get the book in, in a PDF is like $45. Which, yeah. to me, as a hard copy, that's not that bad. Well, 2CG Gaming, uh, which is who put it out, is has put out several books in the past. Um, I I think this book is really interesting. Obviously, there's a lot of like um, not-so-subtle indications that what they're doing is taking all of the big bads that Wizards has put out and amping up the difficulty level and making them truly challenging. You know, you talked about the the Mother of Spiders. There's the also the Dark Dragon Queen, Tiamat. Obviously, the art is 100% Tiamat. Um, I think that's cool. Um, I would note, as someone who has got my hands on 2CG products before, um, I think that they're cool and interesting. I don't own them. M the main reason that I don't is that there's a lot of white space in their books. Um, that's nothing to say about their content and all that, but what I saw was that you're getting probably half a book for, for what they sell. So that's just a, a word of note. I, I, that's the only reason that they're not on my shelf is because I think that they're probably a little bit inflated on price, but this one looks a little bit different. So maybe, maybe it'll be, uh, up to snuff. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned white space because that was actually one of the biggest complaints that I had, uh, Nolan. I don't know if you remember with the V5 uh, core rulebook, the amount of white space in that book is absolutely ridiculous. And I spent, I spent several years in the newspaper industry laying out newspapers. I understand, you know, improper and proper use of white space, and it bugged the shit out of me to look at that book and go, "Wow, they could have easily cut out 50, 60 pages of this book had they laid it out correctly." And that's one thing Wizards of the Coast does a really good job. They utilize their page space while giving you the appropriate amount of white space. Yeah. 
yeah i don't want to bash like like i i don't mean to bash them i don't want to bash them i think they're making good stuff it's just you you have to weigh the fact that you're paying the same amount for half the content so absolutely i think looking at that too just from a standpoint of you know we see these things with the big bads and you know, you play Tomb of Annihilation and you've got this whole thing that's kind of setting the tone for a Sarek. And you play uh, Waterdeep uh, Dragon Heist. It was really fun because as the game went on, you kind of felt the little tendrils of the big bad going through. So I, I, I do like the idea for a DM to be able to say, you know, okay, this is a Beholder. This is Beholder's Lair. This is, this is what they do. This is their minions. You know, you get the as much as you can to really flesh out this bad guy and really mess with your players versus just saying, oh, I'm going to add this angel in there and this is its stat block. We don't get that personality to make it alive. We don't get that from that standpoint of, you know, and maybe I'm just as a, you know, a player who gets to DM sometimes, I'm just grabbing stat blocks and putting it in and saying, hey, this is going to be a cool fight and hopefully they see a, something with it that I can run with. But I, I could see the benefit. Um, just from that standpoint of okay, this is this is how he weasels his way through his followers and the cult and how they act and and, and the hierarchy and makes the bad guy feel alive. And once you've got his notice or their notice, that ability to really mess with your players in the most subtle of ways versus just showing up and decapitating you. So <laughs> I've watched too wow, much Monster brutal. Slayer right now, sir. I guess so. <laughs> Uh, what about over to Hunters Entertainment real quick? Because we talked about them last week with the Altered Carbon RPG. They uh, did put out an announcement last week that they are getting ready to launch on Kickstarter a game called Gods of Metal Ragnarok. Now, I got an email about this, uh, I think, early last week before they announced it on Twitter. And I, I got to tell you guys, my job about hit the floor when I looked at just the, the initial artwork of it. Imagine a heavy metal band set in D&D, like with with like guns i mean it's just i i was laughing literally laughing out loud not because i thought it was overly comical but because i thought it looked fantastic so i don't have a whole lot of news about this game it is not launched on kickstarter yet hunters entertainment has said that they are launching soon so if you want to learn more about when that launches head over to their website check it out i should think you actually go to their twitter page to check it out because i looked on their website last night couldn't find anything uh, i have reached out to hunters entertainment to see if maybe we can get a writer on the show to talk about this game because like i said i think it looks fantastic so uh <laughs> right anyway uh, Nolan Tolis, any updates there? I haven't had anything uh, since like a holiday break. I got something early in December with some art updates um, and then just kind of nothing yet. So I'm hoping for some more stuff kind of once everybody gets back from break. Uh, but the art so far looks cool. I mean, uh, a fully fleshed world is really, I mean, it it looks like every street has a story so far from what I've seen. And that makes me excited to kind of spend some time there. Right on. Nice. And that is scheduled to be released March of this year. Isn't that correct? I think that was correct. Give okay, or so take COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But you're not that far away from it. So it's getting closer. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, so that is really all the news that I could find. Um, do either of you have anything else before we move on to Zach and have him tell about his latest project? I would just note, uh, just a half second, that Zine Quest 2021 is coming next month. Uh, 
and and that should get us all excited because that was that was a long time coming and being announced and it just got dropped this week so perfect i'm gonna grab some information while you're telling us about your project and drop that into the show notes awesome nolan do you got anything else i don't uh, i'm looking forward to the topic of the week me too. So let's just move into it then. The topic of the week, as you all know, Zach is here to tell us about his latest project, Drifters Quarterly. This is a new publication that Zach and the gang at Drifters Atlas are putting out, and we thought it would be awesome to have him here on the show. Zach, I know you've already been included in the show. You've been chatting with us and everything, but go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody, what you do, and about your project. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so my name is Zach Goins. I uh, help run a couple of different small companies, uh, the Drifters Atlas being one of them which we do a live Twitch stream and we build community created content uh, for fifth edition. And um, the other one that we do is the Bite Size Gaming Podcast with uh, Troy Sandlin and Jonathan Christian. Um, that podcast has been around for about a year and we talk all things tabletop, but mainly D&D and uh, just a bun bunch of DMs chatting about their games and about upcoming news and projects and all that. Um, the biggest thing that I'm a part of and the thing that fills up my every day is Kickstarters and helping not just create our own Kickstarters, but helping other people create theirs. Um, we've got, like I think, 12 Kickstarters on the slate one in one way, shape, or form wow. for 2021. Um, a chunk of them are not under our brand. A chunk of them are under our brand um, in that we're helping develop them and get them to print, and the writers have... Uh, and the owners have basically let us be their distributor. Um, and then some of them are under our brand. So that keeps us super, super busy, especially at this time of year. Yes, it does. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, um, <clears throat> we've had Zach on the show before with David Barentine to talk about David's Kickstarter that, Zach, you helped him bring that to That's fruition. Right. Uh, we've had you on the show to talk about, I think it which other project was it that you came on to talk about, Zach? I mean, we, you and I talk so oh, much goodness. about projects, yeah. so... Probably Mother Load would be my guess. Is that's what we came and talked about? Yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking. And I got a copy yeah. of Mother Load here. Um, you guys, you know, I, I know we say this a lot uh, about different projects that we talk about. And, and some of the things that I like about what, what Zach and the crew do is these projects that they do, these, these little publications that they do, number one, they're very well put together. They're very well printed. Now, as I, Nolan loves to remind me how old I am. Uh, sometimes, because the print is small, sometimes I do struggle with reading the print unless I have really bright light or I just go get the <laughs> goddamn bifocals that I need because uh, <laughs> I am getting old. Um, but I love this quality of stuff. It's it's good quality and it's inexpensive. It's something that I can jump into without going, oh my gosh, I got five fifty to sixty dollar Kickstarters that I'm in. I bet yep. this project that you guys are you're, that you're about to tell us that about. I think it ten dollars and i'm mm -hmm. getting the, the whole you know both that or both editions so yeah uh, of course we're talking about drifters quarterly so zach why don't you tell us about the project itself absolutely okay so the drifters quarterly is a print magazine for lovers of tabletop um thomas votal and myself the the owners of the drifters atlas have come into contact with a ton of different creators over the past few years um, both at conventions and online and thomas at his store um, all of these places we kind of keep bumping into people that are creating awesome stuff um, a perfect example of that is andy hand over on the kickstarter world with limitless adventures um, that dude is 
a machine. He puts out a ton of Kickstarters. He's at he's at a lot of conventions, especially um, up in the uh, like Illinois area. Um, and yet, you, you know, you talk to somebody at any other convention, you know, on any other area, or you talk to people online, and they've never heard of Limitless Adventures. Well, we want to fix that. So the quarterly is going to be targeted at bringing in contributors uh, third of third-party content for the big systems, especially 5e, and saying, you're doing your own thing over here. It's amazing. It needs a bigger audience. It needs more people, you know, diving into it. Come write something for us. Introduce us to your setting. Show us a, some exclusive content. Show us a sneak peek of an upcoming Kickstarter that you've got coming on. Fill our magazine with content that people can actually use and that will get them interested in the stuff that you have already published or getting ready to publish. Um, and we've reached out to a ton of those folks, and every single one of them so far has said yes. Um, so that means that we have a we have an ever building slate of people who are happy to contribute uh, exceptional content that you haven't seen before. Um, the other the other thing I would note is that we we do we are very clear in that the majority of the content will be fifth edition, but I also want to be really clear in that. Another part of our goal is to in help introduce the 5th edition crowd to other systems. Um, so we're in talks with people for a mothership piece of content, um, as an example. And we're, we're reaching out to as many other folks as we can. Um, uh, McFarland, who, does, uh, who worked on the uh, Pathfinder 2 and D&D &D and all these other great systems, he has uh, agreed to introduce Delve in our magazine, which is his new RPG, which has been announced but isn't even in Kickstarter yet. So we're going to get some Delve content as part of it. That's the stuff that really excites me. So how does this go about? I mean, if like somebody watches the show, listens to the show, they decide, hey, I want to, I want to be a part of this. You know, I got this world that I'm creating. Do they just need to reach out to you, or is this yep. something they're going to have to pay to be a part of? So we're going to have a few different options, um, and that's going to, you, you know, you can get in a little bit early before the kick or during the Kickstarter or in this in this first stage. But the magazine is going to be around 36 pages of content, and we we really have a goal for three different areas, and and someone could be a part of any of those three. The first part uh, is ads. We want cool TTRPG-centric ads in this magazine because, um, we, again, we want a space for you to show off what you got. Um, so we've set that ad price stupid low. And the yes, point is... Right, and 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 the point of that is, I want the Joe Blow who's got his first Kickstarter coming out two months from now to feel like he could buy an ad, and it's not breaking his bank. It's a small enough investment that he can do that. Um, our magazine will not be funded off of ads, but we want to give those creators a platform. Uh, those ads are, I I want to say right now, um, like fifteen and thirty bucks, uh, or something like that. Yeah, I believe I believe we're going to do a half page ad with you at thirty dollars. Which yeah, you, you need to give me some deadlines there, bud. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we've got plenty of time as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, so so the ads are half price right now. They're going to be half price for these first two issues. But even once we get if we get into next year and we go into a full production of the magazine, um, then we'll you know still thirty bucks and sixty bucks is is completely within the means of most creators uh, so we feel pretty good about that the second way that people can be a part of is if you have content and you want to 
uh, showcase that content on our magazine, not with an ad, but with actually, let's say that you are writing a fifth edition creature codex or our monster manual, and you want to um, showcase that. Well, send us a couple creatures, show off the stat blocks, and put a snippet at the end about these creatures are featured in this upcoming project. Here's links, here's everything, and we'll put them in there. Um, you can definitely reach out to me, and we'd love to, we'd love to talk to you about uh, that sort of contribution. That right now is completely free. Um, if, if that's what you want, uh, we're happy to work with you to make that happen, provided we have the page space and we think that you're going to be a good fit. Um, last but not least, um, why we have a $4,000 goal for this Kickstarter. We're doing two issues. Um, that's part number one. So you're going to get one issue in Q3, one issue in Q4. But we want to hire writers to create specific types of content for the magazine. Uh, system, or, or let me rephrase that, setting agnostic, probably at least in this first wave, a lot of these hired pieces will be for fifth edition. Um, but we want to say, hey, we would really like to have a section with two or three new subclasses. So we want to hire somebody to do that and, and pay them well for it. And that's where the majority of these funds or a large portion of these funds are going to go to is paying those writers for the quality stuff. So as it stands right now, you have 14 days left. You have 95 people who have signed on to back this project, and you're just at about halfway funded. Um, yep. What are you, some of your thoughts moving into this the last 14 days? Of course, we all know the last couple of days of Kickstarters, they tend to go crazy. Yep. Um, are you concerned at all about that 4000 Because that's a bit higher than what you guys normally ask for, isn't it? It is higher. And, and you know, I won't say that we're concerned. I think right now we're on track by our metrics to just cross over the goal, not to get super far above it, but to cross over. Um, uh, one of the things that we said was, we don't know what the demand for a magazine is. We know we would love to have a mail, uh, you know, a magazine delivered to your mailbox. You pull it out and you get to read, you know, 40 pages of content. That excites me. That excites Thomas and the people that are collaborating with us. Um, but it may not excite the general public. So this is a test um, and we'll see how it goes. If we don't fund, uh, which I think again is unlikely, but possible. If we don't fund, um, we, we will learn a lot from this, right? And that's part of the Kickstarter process is talking to your backers, following up and saying, what could we have done different? Or is this a matter of, we think it's cool, but you guys don't think it's cool. And that's completely fine. Um, I will say, yeah, that 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 there is some showcase here that there may not be as much demand as what was anticipated initially, um, and that could be for a variety of reasons. So we'll figure that out. Um, but if it funds, we're going to make a killer magazine for ninety-five people <laughs> or whatever it crosses over, right? Um, and we'll be excited to do so. So I'm looking at the Kickstarter page now. I'm sorry, I have to readjust my pledge because I didn't realize I was just getting the digital version. I actually want both the print and digital, so I just had to adjust that real quick. So you're getting more of my money there, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear it. So let me let me get back to the main page here. Because I do want to talk about the different pledge levels and, and what you get. Um, gosh, if I could just figure out what I'm doing. This is why you don't let old people run computers. <laughs> okay, as I get back in here. So at the, at the basic level, if somebody wanted to buy in and, and support your project, mm -hmm. 
let's see, it's five bucks, right? Five That's bucks, right. and you and you get the PDF copy of the issue. So, and I like the fact that you're giving people the option of having the PDF and a print version because some people do like to read these on their tablets or mm -hmm. their phones. Um, I'm not sure how many of you guys or either of you read Dragon Magazine. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Yep, a little bit. Flip through it every once in a while. Um, of course, it used to be a print. Now you guys are probably yep. too young to remember that. Sorry, I missed my Game Informer magazine, so I can understand. Oh, there you go. Perfect. There you go. I miss Inquest. Anyway, um, so at $9, you get print and digital of just the first issue, correct? Uh, $9 is print and digital for the first issue. Yep. $10 gets you both the digital editions. And then, of course, jumping up at, I think it's $18, $24 if you include shipping and handling, you get both print and digital editions for both issues. And $33, now you're a half advertiser. So, Zach, just explain a little bit more of all that to us. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we want to, we, we understand that there's going to be some people who want to dip their toe in and they just want to get a feel for it or they like us and they want to, they want to throw us a few bucks um, for the things that we're doing on stream or on the podcast or whatever. And so there's, there's ranges for that where if you just want to get a single issue, we're happy to do that. Um, the goal is though, is for this to be quarterly. And so we, if we make this project at all, we want to start that trend. Um, and so that's why we're the Kickstarter is is legitimately for two issues. We'll be producing them at the same time. And honestly, if we fund and we get two issues, we'll also be working on issues three, four, five, and six, getting those ready for 2022 um, with some plans for that as well. Um, so yeah, at 18 bucks, 24, if you include shipping, that's 12 bucks for the magazine um, each, basically. And we felt like really that was the absolute maximum that we felt that it could be worth. Um, we are not making, I mean, you, you see by the art on the front, hopefully, uh, if you like it, uh, we're, we're, we are intent on making a project that looks awesome. Um, but what we are not making, what we are not intent on making is a hardcover 256 tome via, kick, via stretch goals or anything, right? We're interested in making a magazine and magazines have a price window. Um, there's no world in which I should be paying $25 for a magazine, in my opinion, right? Um, and so we've seen products that I absolutely adore, like Broadsword is a great example, that started out as a magazine and, and then became a hardcover book and became an actual, like, huge, thick, 250-page book. Okay, well, that's awesome. I'm excited. I have two of them on my shelf. Um, but it doesn't fill the niche of a magazine. And now their Kickstarter is, you know, for the second one was... 30 bucks for a copy. We want to keep this price point at a point where it's manageable and where you can look, pledge for them and look forward to once a quarter getting them and, and it not breaking the bank. I completely forgot about Broadsword, if I remember correctly. Cody backed that one for 307 RPG, so I thought we were in that one. I, I think I maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We actually never, Nolan and I actually never got to see the product. So uh, we'll have to track Cody down, Nolan, and see if we can see it. Yeah, and Broadsword yeah. Is, is, is readily available online. You can pick it up at, like, I think even Amazon carries Broadsword at this point. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, um, I, 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 it's a really actually genuinely a simple project. This is the smallest project that we've done today. You talked about the tiny print on Mother Load earlier. Um, that was, you know, we, 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 realized that we were becoming overly ambitious with every single project. Uh, Motherload has like 24,000 words in it 
um, which is probably almost twice the amount of your average zine if you look at other things. So um, we realized that maybe we were pushing too hard on the products and we needed to say, okay, can we deliver a product that feels right? Um, and so the Drifters Quarterly is designed at the price point and at the page count and at what we're intending in each issue to be something that you get it in your hand and you're like, this feels exactly how I expected it to feel. Um, it's flipping through Mother Lode just to determine if it was too small for me to read. And it is not. I can read it. Um, in fact, when Mother Lode came in, I was actually sick with COVID. So I, I did spend a little bit of time reading it, but it was not really reading much of anything at the time. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, so let's talk about some of the stretch goals that you have. You got some extra artwork. You got some laminated covers. How'd you guys come up with some of these? That's a good question. Um, so what you will not notice um, in the stretch goals is a whole bunch of page count uh, added. What we wanted was we want to offer stretch goals that make the magazine that we intend to make even better quality. So we're doing extra artwork means that when a contributor submits a piece, but they don't have artwork to go with it, some of the smaller contributors or whatnot, we want to have the funds to say, you know what, let's pretty up your article. Uh, so that's what a lot of those funds will go towards. Uh, the cover laminated is just like you have there with Motherload. Most of the time, your magazine that you get in the mail is not going to have a laminated cover, um, which is by and large completely fine. But that's a little thing that we can do that makes that magazine last a bit longer. You can set your coffee mug on it and not destroy it. Um, ad giveaway. Um, we're going to look for, if we hit that goal, we're going to look for uh, contributors or, or creators, it's probably a really small one that we really love. And we're just going to approach them and say, we're going to give you an ad. Um, because again, it's all about really hyping up uh, the little guys and the third party creators and all that. And so we want to make that happen. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I noticed on the, um, and of course, I, I knew you were going to do this because you and I talked about it. You have some testimonials from folks. Obviously, mm -hmm. you can't. You reached out to me about it, and we were happy to jump in on that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, one of the reasons Nolan and I really started 307RPG is exactly what Zach's been saying, and that is to not only to share our love of role-playing games, but to highlight smaller creators and, and let them know there is an avenue for you, another avenue for you to help get your stuff out there so people can see what you're doing. Because there's a lot of people creating some amazing stuff. Wouldn't you agree, Nolan? Uh, absolutely. I think the creativity level is crazy, uh, whether it's... Uh, I think a lot of people love things in so many different ways. Uh, I was never much into cosplay uh, personally. And then seeing some of the stuff that people come up with and the creativeness of the technical skill of building things, you know, and, and seeing them have a platform now with Instagram and, and Twitter to, to get stuff out. Uh, Drive through RPG, seeing people put out amazing content and great stories. And they're not... Like you said, that it doesn't need to be extra or wordy. It's, you know, eight to... 10 to 15 pages is enough of, you know, a subclass or a background or a feature that it's, it's grabbable, it's digestible, and you can move on. And it's not one of those things if you're halfway through it, you're bored. So I, I think you guys have a, a great size with this. Uh, and then, like you said, featuring the little guy, because, you know, anything that we've learned in life is it's not about uh, what you know, it's about who you know. And mm -hmm. you just can't break through that ceiling a lot of times unless you're in the right place or happen to be at the right thing or the right convention meeting people or whatever. And mm -hmm. and so giving people that opportunity because there's, there's some amazing stuff out there that'll blow your mind and you just never even heard of them before. So, 
100%. Yep. Now, Zach, you're a convention DM. You get to do a yep. lot of stuff with conventions, running Adventure League stuff for Wizards of the Coast. Um, how many of these creators have you met through doing that? Uh, there's been a chunk. Uh, the I would say there's a, f a few, two or so, of the ones that we have fully come on board and we've announced. I've, I've, I've met through the conventions. Um, of course, that's been shut down for the last year. Um, a great place to meet these creators is on the Kickstarter platform. Um, so one of the things that we do is I back, I don't know how many Kickstarters, a lot. I got the super backer tag a few months ago and I was like, well, that makes sense. Um, and I reach out to them, right? I send them private messages and I say, Hey, come on the podcast or, Hey, you're doing, you know, like, I really like what you're doing here. Or I have a question about what does this look like? Or what are you guys using for this? And, um, I love doing that, and I love building those connections with with other creators. I do it the same on DMs Guild. Um, when I buy stuff from there, I'm a lot of times leaving reviews or sending messages. Um, I'm joining Facebook groups, right? I've met some folks through there, right, uh, or Discord, and just starting to chat up. And when I see somebody that's making something, I'm like, that's special. That's cool that I do my darndest to tell them that um, and to share the word. So that's where that's where a lot of these folks are coming from. Um, uh, if I look through some of the creators that we got here, like the uh, Gooey Cube, Gooey Cube, I met at PAX South. Um, Limitless Adventures, I met at um, Game Hole Con. Uh, Delve, I met uh, uh, Mr. McFarland at uh, Winter Fantasy. So there's definitely a chunk of folks there. Daylight Productions, I met Cam through the DMs Guild. Stoneworks Gaming, I met him through a Facebook group. It's all different, right? Well, I think that's the big thing too of just echoing on that note is the opportunity to meet like-minded people is huge. And, you know, us being from Wyoming and a, a population of, you know, 12,000 and we're ranching and uh, mm -hmm. coal mine and railroad, it's not very often that you go out and say, hey, I'm a big dork, you know, and, and <laughs> people don't look at you like you're crazy. So uh, I think that's been probably the, one of the few benefits of lockdown is getting creative with meeting people and finding like-minded people because not being able to go to conventions is heartbreaking for a lot of people because sometimes that's the only place you feel at home. And so, I, you know, there's a lot of these things that I didn't even think of, you know, like you said, like the Facebook groups or discords, like they're so easy. We use them every day, uh, but it's a huge opportunity if you're missing something to reach out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm a magic judge. And for me, I used to go to Grand Prix quite a bit and not being able to go in. And, and that's where I would meet creators. I met lots of cosplayers that way. I met uh -huh. other people who were doing really neat things. And I haven't been able to do that for a while now. And it's, yeah, it's difficult. It's really difficult. So that's some great ideas on how you can meet other creators. Uh, on that note, if you don't mind, uh, I, I'll do a little plug for some of these creators. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned ZineQuest earlier, um, and ZineQuest is something that a lot of people who aren't heavy into Kickstarters know about. Um, but every February, this is year three, uh, every February, Kickstarter does an initiative called ZineQuest where they encourage gamers, game creators, to write a zine that is one color and that has a two-week... Uh, campaign. So they want it to be simple, con concise, and and they don't want you to push um, into larger projects. Um, we loved that idea. Um, we, we were 
a little bit behind the ball last year with Motherload. Motherload wasn't a Zine Quest, and also we wanted it in full color. Um, but for 2021, we're like, oh, we're going to do Zine Quest, and we want to help other people do Zine Quest. So I think we've got like five or six people that we are working with uh, for Zine Quest projects. Um, some of them asked us to help write, and so we did that. But a big part of what we're doing is we're helping them build their Kickstarter. We're helping them set up their uh, back-end accounts. We're helping them with all their layout where, uh, visuals. Um, we're helping them get connected with artists and graphic design. And then we're, we've got printers lined up for them. We've got distribution lined up for them. And we're basically just helping all these guys who wouldn't have the time or the resources or the ability to do it on their own push it over the finish line and uh, I'm really excited about that. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that's a, a overwhelming task too. If you've never done it before, if you never, I mean, that's a lot of times you look at it and it's like, it's too much. So I think helping with the back end and having that expertise is a lot of what oh, people will need to help with that push. That's amazing. Exactly. Uh, we've got a guy, uh, Brett, is doing a something called the message board, which is going to be basically a little quest that you would find on a message board in a fantasy setting. Um, it looks like a quest, and on the back side, it has all the information for the quest. So you, you can tear out the sheets. It's got like a little spot where you would cut it, and you would show off that, and then you could run it. So it'll have like 30 different message board quests in a little zine. Um, I think that'll be really fun. Um, another guy uh, is doing a haunted house um, one shot for level zero characters, uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that one's going to be a lot of fun, actually. Um, we've got our own little sci-fi 5e zine coming out. Um, there's just a lot of little projects, uh, and I'm excited for every one of them, and I'm super pumped to not just launch all of these, but to jump on Zine Quest and and spend a lot of money on a lot of little projects. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an expensive month next month. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I, I, I want to ask, because as someone who does create a lot of projects and obviously helps people to create a lot, of, a lot of projects, what would you say to someone who maybe has an idea, but they're just a little bit afraid to, to kind of push to the next level? What's some advice or even just some inspiration that you could give somebody? Uh, inspiration die, Zach. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, do it first and foremost. Do it. There's somebody out there who will almost certainly love it just as much as you do. Um, we have a great community. It's a very supportive community, um, and there are so many avenues. I've talked to folks who think that their idea is too small. Uh, that's not true. There are avenues. There are places for you to put even a small project up. There's a sense of gratification from even putting a small project up. Even if you write your own little thing, uh, a supplement for something, and you put it on drive through and you make $5, the gratification that you will get from having done the thing is so huge, right? Um, and it also, every time you make a thing, it becomes much less of a hurdle in your mind to make the next thing. Right. Um, so start start making it and and uh, accept the fact that your first project isn't going to be your best um, and your second project isn't going to be your best and probably your eighth project isn't going to be your best, but that you will it will become easier and it will become better every time you do it. Um, and then once you have that in your mind that you're going to do the thing, get yourself in a community because it's important. In my mind, it's basically impossible to do it alone. 
you know, um, you mentioned David Baratine before. David is a machine. He is awesome. Uh, I love working with David. Um, he would not have made a level one to 20 book if he didn't reach out to folks and say, help me make this thing real. Um, and then he had his little group of us and we made the thing real. So, uh, it's, it's, it was largely on his shoulders, but, but you push over the line, over the finish line by bringing others alongside you. So I, I think looking at that, your passion comes through. And I think that's the biggest thing is I can tell when somebody writes something, and it, you know, or comes on the show or talks or that kind of stuff is you can't fail with that kind of love for it. And like you said, if, if, if you give a rip about it, somebody else will and, and having that opportunity to find it. Cause just about everybody we get on here, they, they love their project. It's their baby. It's, it's something that's a part of them. And it's kind of like going to a job interview. You know, if, if you meet the person, it's hard not to love it. And, and you being on here talking about it, like where your passion lies and stuff, it's like, you know, now I know I need to do more. And so that's fantastic. Absolutely. And if you are a creator that is already doing these things, I would encourage you to uh, find a way to, to connect with somebody else and get them rolling. Because the, the most juice that I get in a day-to-day -day is from other people, right? Like, I love doing my own stuff. I have a lot of fun with that. But there's nothing more satisfying than, you know, the giddiness in somebody else's voice when they're getting their first book you know, sending it off to print and they're like, I'm going to get a hold of it. Like, it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing right there. So that is great. Zach, tell us about your podcast. Yeah. Uh, John, Troy, and I do the bite Size gaming podcast. Uh, it's a once a week pod, pro, bleh, once a week podcast where, uh, we talk about D and D, um, John, Troy and I are convention DMs. We run games online. Uh, we run home games. Um, we run hard wizards, hard covers. We run homebrew. We run everything, um, and so we decided. You know what? We are sitting together multiple times a week online, anyways, talking about topics and and what came up up at our table and what the news of D and D is. Let's turn it into a podcast. Um, so you're getting uh, basically three guys shooting the shit for forty minutes once a week. And it's a great show. I highly recommend everybody go and listen to that show. It is definitely in my top playlist. So the project is Drifters Quarterly. It is currently on Kickstarter, and it's just about halfway funded with 95 backers. There are 14 days left to go. There is, of course, a link in the show notes. Uh, I, again, this is just a great project. If you like magazines, if you like finding ways to further dive yourself into uh, tabletop RPGs, this is something you're absolutely going to want to check out. Plus, with it, especially if it gets to the point where it has a laminate cover, this isn't going to be a magazine that you read and just throw away. This is going to be a magazine that you read and put on your shelf to keep so you can come back to later. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It is always a pleasure to have you here. I think at this point you and Travis are tied for the most frequency wow. of the show. Wow. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, I'll say Travis and I are working on a project together, uh, a couple of them this year, and so maybe maybe we can maybe we can both come on at some point and and talk about that project. That'd be fun. That would be that awesome. Would be awesome. Nolan, do you have anything else for Zach? I don't. Thanks for being on here. It's been nice to meet you uh, face to face. Uh, and again, like I said, your your passion comes through. It makes me excited to see what you got coming up. And again, uh, it the the cover looks great. I'm excited for it. Appreciate that. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Nolan. 
not a problem. Like I said, it is always a pleasure. Well, folks, that is our show for this week. Nolan, it's always fun to get John here to chat with you about this stuff. Not like we don't do it every other day, but still, it's fun <laughs> to get on the show and chat about it. Um, Zach, thanks again for coming, and we look forward to all the projects you are going to be working on this year and in the future. Uh, Nolan, unless you have anything else, that's it for me. That I'm good. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye.